Next on BYU Sports Nation, the wait has ended. Glorious football returns for a holiday special BYU and Washington in the Fight Hunger Bowl. We're about to make all of you experts on the Cougars and Huskies everything you need to know. Plus, we're live with BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. Don't forget about former BYU quarterback and BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler and a special bowl edition of Know the Foe. Let's go, people. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Friday, December 27th, game day. Bowl game day. And this is how we do it. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Welcome back, dude. Welcome back, man. It's good to be back. I'm excited to be here. Had a little time off. I know you went down to Vegas. I was in Portland. Uh, so, yeah, good times. Nice to have a little break, and it's good to be back on game day. Jerem's jumping on tables and stuff. Fantastic. I literally jumped on a table this morning <laughs> in our Instagram video. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, check it out. Wherever and however you may be listening across BYU Sports Nation, thanks for making us part of your day. 27 days later, it's time to line it up at AT&T Park in San Francisco. I'm, you know, I'm so excited you're back, Jeremy. I lost my voice. Oh, not, not today, though. Really, though. Please, please, not you, today. Listen, you need to take it easy because you're hosting the pregame show tonight on BYU TV. There's Dave, uh, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler in San Francisco anchoring our coverage there. And then you're on the desk today, tonight, with Alema Harrington, Brian Logan, and Andy Boyce. I will take suggestions via Twitter. You can send them to at BYU Sports Nation, at Spencer underscore Linton. Now, listen, this is I, dangerous. I need... Yeah, well, let, let's, Wait, let's keep listen, it. All the old wives' tales of gargle <laughs> salt water and no. honey let like, you, there's only so many things you can do. Something that tastes good, preferably. So if I were you, I would just tweet at Justin Bieber. That's what I would do. What? What, what does he do to maintain that, that wonderful voice? Now that he's retired, okay. what does he do? I wonder if the Biebs would respond to BYU Sports Nation. Then you know you've made it. If, if the Bieber I'm, responds. I'm not going to wait for Justin Bieber to validate us. I'm just not. More importantly, what did you get for Christmas? It's more of what you gave. Uh, but no, the, the best thing I probably got was uh, my wife made me a custom iPhone case with a picture on the back. And it's my my baby girl, Venna. When uh, she made this face that was like super unimpressed slash mad. <laughs> she makes that face often, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. She did during BYU's losses this year in football. Uh, yeah, so that, that was fun. How about you? You know, I, I got some luggage, so I'm not embarrassed to walk through the airport anymore with my one wheel on my bag, and it's got like a crack in it, so it just makes this super annoying clicky <laughs> noise, and everybody looks at me. So that was that was really exciting. Also, I have royal blue royal blue shoes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I saw those. Those are nice. So you're going to need to tweet a picture of your phone case at some point, because it it's fantastic, and I may or may not send out the royal blue shoes. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Let's, let's, let's get busy. Hey, join the conversation by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation. You can also comment and like on our Facebook page. Weigh in on today's poll question at BYUTVSports.com, which is as follows. What's your bold prediction for today? And so weigh, weigh in on Twitter. You can also uh, weigh in on BYUTVSports.com if you'd like. I haven't thought at length about this, so I'm, I'm going to spit this Dude, out. Dude, yours is automatic, bro. Is it? BYU 17 BYU plus? Ever since the plus. Houston game when I said that. Oh, my goodness. I Okay, I, I want to preface my bold prediction with this. BYU has the most points. I'm going to 
I'm going to give you a stat here for this. The most points BYU scored in a loss this year is 17 against Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, the most in a win was 28 against Nevada. I think if BYU scores over the 24-point threshold, they win. Interestingly enough, what is the median of 28 and 17? 24 and a half, right? Yeah. How about it's right, that? It's right there. There's... You know, I, the more I, I talk to Bronco Mendenhall, and we'll hear from, from him in just a moment, but the more I talk to that guy, he he places a lot of stock in not very many stats, but the few stats that he does, he's all in. And the 24-point threshold, he is all in on. And early, remember earlier in the year we said if BYU had, had scored 24 in its last 20, they would have gone 19-1 and one or something? Do you remember that? So it's The trend continues. That's held pretty true. Until, uh, except for the Wisconsin game. Uh, Houston, of course, they, they had to outscore Houston, who put up 46. But, yeah, 24. What's your bold prediction? My bold prediction, well, I, I, I'm going to reveal that tonight on, on the pregame. But I guess I could do it here, no, too. No, do it now. Okay, it now. Bishop Sankey will not run for over 100 yards. Wow. The Doak Walker Award runner-up for nation's best running back, will not run for over 100 yards on BYU's defense. He averages 136 a game. Okay? So he's 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 legit. He's like Jamal Williams, but what what BYU hopes Jamal Williams will be next year. Exactly. Next he's, year. He he is like an improved edition of Jamal Williams. So add uh, five more carries. He's going of to six the NFL. Yards. Dude's yeah. going to play in the league. He he is on his way to the NFL after this game. So I think BYU's defense rises to the occasion. Bishop Sankey does not run for over 100 yards. Wow. Is that as crazy as BYU 17 plus? <laughs> I think that that happens <laughs> if Bishop Sankey doesn't run for 100. <laughs> oh, hey, we have, I, I need to make a special note. Ben Bagley is a man of many talents. Not only is he the producer of our show, he's running the board today. And, uh, you know, so. I want to give a rise and shout to Ben Bagley for stepping up and filling in for our usual engineer, Aaron Evans. That a boy, Ben. <laughs> he just rolled, he's rolling his eyes right now. You know what time it is, man? Time for What's Trending. That's right. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. You, okay, here, here, let's start with this. We're about to make you experts on the bowl game, Washington and BYU. In five minutes. If we have five minutes to get you ready for this bowl game, that's what we're going to do right now. We start with one-on-one with Bronco Mendenhall. I talked to him last Friday, really in, before they left for San Francisco. Really insightful, intriguing interview as we sat down. And uh, he didn't dodge any of my questions. Not that he does, but he was really clairvoyant in some of his responses. And, and I asked him, look, how, how do you beat Washington? And he says for the Cougars to win, they're going to have to be completely assignment sound. We have to be completely assignment sound. Um, not kind of assignment sound, not marginally, not inconsistently, but we have to be completely assignment sound. Our execution and our so positioning like- has to beat theirs from leverage, um, not only horizontally because they can get around you, but also vertically because they can get over the top. So a complete game. You know, I know it sounds simple, but that is something that BYU has not done all year. A complete game. They came close against Texas. They came close against Utah State in Logan. Had an unbelievable first half against Boise State. But they're still waiting for the complete game. And Bronco says to beat Washington, that's what they have to have. Yeah, I agree. Now, now your first statement, you don't need a complete game 
if the game's in hand. You don't. You just don't. But sometimes you need to you need to finish strong. Are you saying good fourth quarters? Is that what you you mean by that? Absolutely. Yeah. You cannot die out against Washington. Well, yeah, because you're a team that goes sixty plus against Oregon State. Right, sixty nine, and then and then they only scored twenty four against Washington State the next week. So, and Oregon State's a better team than Washington State. So interesting. Both, uh, no, one was uh, Oregon State was on the road, no less. BYU, you're right. Will need a complete game. They cannot go first half versus Nevada. If you can't score against Nevada on the road. Can you score against Washington? But then again, if you run for 550 against Texas, can you run for 250 against Washington? I don't know. What BYU team are we going to see? The Virginia team? The Utah team? The Wisconsin or Notre Dame team? Or the Texas team? The Houston team? The Utah State team? BYU has been two-faced a couple of times. Good consistency is good. Consistency is an overrated word because what if you're consistently poor? You want to be good all <laughs> hey, well, the time. At least they're consistent. Those refs are consistent. Yeah. They're calling it. Crappy both ways. No. BYU really needs, uh, you're, you're right, a solid game. I don't think the game is going to be out of hand in the fourth for either side. What Washington team is going to show up? The one right? that put up 69 against Oregon State? Or the one that really struggled against Washington State? Either way, they put up a lot of points on average. They're, they're very difficult um, to defend in terms of limiting points. No one has held them under 24 yet. Um, and that's... A pretty strong statement. So they average about 38 and they give up 23. These teams are similar on paper defensively. I mean really similar. 50th and 51st respectively, BYU and Washington in total defense. John Beck joined the show yesterday. By the way, I want John Beck to be an analyst with BYU Broadcast at some point. He he is so good. After he gets back in the NFL, I hope, I hope he has a few more years in the NFL, he needs to be an analyst. And he broke down the game uh, in a way like only a BYU quarterback can do. He said yesterday it's going to be all about third down and longs. If BYU defensively can minimize those big plays down the field where they're not getting big chunks, they're having to move the chains more methodically, I think that will benefit us. And if the, I think the more third and longs that we can put this team in, the more difficult it, it, it will become. I feel like that's really a key for both teams, Jerem. If Washington wants to beat BYU, put Taysom Hill in third and long. And if BYU wants to do the same thing against Washington, put Keith Price and Bishop Sankey in third and long. I feel like that is a, an incredibly relevant point that John Beck just made. Again, he joined us on BYU Sports Nation yesterday. The former quarterback says third and long is where the game will swing. Here's the big difference, though. They have the John Mackey Award winner at tight end. Austin uh, Safarian yes. Jenkins. This guy is amazing. 6'6", 276. Do you know what Rob Gronkowski is? Only because we talked about this last night. He's 6'6", 265. <laughs> Austin Safarian Jenkins the same height and 11 pounds heavier. Who knows in season or whatever. But on third down, that's a big deal. What was BYU's success uh, at 50%-ish on third down? Why? With, in 09 with Max? Dennis McPitta. He was fantastic. Third downs, you're right, are going to be huge. So the key there is not third down. It's first down. Can BYU get at least... Five on first down. Can they avoid third and longs? Yeah. Getting sacked on first or second down. Which has happened quite a few times this year. Other quick tidbits that you need to know heading into the game. There will be two female officials at AT AT&T Park in San Francisco. First time ever. Historic that way. Maya Chaka will be the head linesman. The line judge will be Sarah Thomas. Now, it's a 10-person officiating crew, and both teams will be on the same sideline. It's at the home of the San Francisco Giants. Wait, hold on. 
10-person officiating crew. Normally it's seven. I hope there aren't an abundance of flags because these are two of the top 10 most penalized teams in America. That'll just slow down the game. I hope that doesn't happen. In just a few moments, we'll discuss the BYU swag. But right now, let's keep this uh, BYU-Washington thing rolling. Topic two. A win is this big. I think we've had a good season. Eight wins is is hard to get. We've had a very difficult schedule. and But nine wins would be a really good season. Not just a good season, but really good. Um, I think ten uh, ten wins, we're probably a top 25 team, which is, to me, the minimum threshold from a ranking standpoint that uh, I'd like to be every year. And so nine gets us knocking at the door um, of the top 25, which, again, is uh, a reasonable statistic for BYU and place to be. Bronco Mendenhall during our one-on-one sit-down interview last Friday. And look, nine wins is a big deal for this BYU team moving forward. They won eight games last year. If they win eight games this year, you could say, well, it's, it's kind of the same season. I don't think so. I don't think so, but you're looking at minutia. You, you want to see improvement, and the, the easiest way to see improvement is you, well, you win more games. I don't care that the schedule's been tougher. Bronco Mendenhall doesn't care that the schedule's been tougher. Yeah, that, that makes BYU fans feel good inside, but really anybody outside of BYU Sports Nation thinking about that? Nope. They're just looking at how many games did they win. He pushed the reset button, brings in a whole new coaching staff, Brand new offense. On the offense. Starts over. Yeah, on the offensive side. And if they can win nine games on this schedule, beat a Washington team, that's a big deal. It really is. The more and more I think about this game, the more of a big deal it is. Like, I'm I'm starting to feel those butterflies again for BYU. And I like that. Listen, who needs Washington? The countdown is on for Connecticut, the start of the 2014 season. 246 days (laughs) until BYU at Connecticut. I kid. Now, while I say that BYU, it's important for them to win— you talked to KJ. You talked to KJR Radio in Seattle this morning. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked to hear the mentality of Washington. It was interesting. Yeah, they had me on their show this morning. They had a show at seven thirty in the morning. Crazy. If they had asked for seven thirty, I probably wouldn't have done it. It was eight thirty <laughs> here. But they they said we haven't kept our eye on BYU because we didn't have a reason this whole year. And I thought, yeah, you didn't. Uh, the Texas game, BYU made waves, but when did BYU? Get on the national radar. To to BYU fans, it was after that five-game win streak, and BYU was 6-2 and two heading into November, thought that if you could go and beat Wisconsin that you would get ranked. But BYU never did that. So in a day where there are three bowl games, and BYU is the latest of those, uh, BYU can make some noise tonight and be remembered when it comes to voting time. I don't think that BYU will be ranked regardless of results, no matter if BYU wins 60-0 to zero, uh, next season. But with the returning quarterback... Turning running back, uh, nine wins, uh, you pile up some good wins. BYU would have a little bit of a top 35 buzz that you would be receiving votes. And then if you start the season strong, you go 2-0 at Connecticut and Texas, that you could be ranked. But nine wins is totally different for me than eight. Eight is eight and five was last year. Got to get better. A, against a weaker schedule. You, have, you had a stronger schedule, but nine is way better than eight. And that's where the line was for me before the year. If BYU won nine games, I said, hey, that's a good year. Not a great year. Not a great year. <laughs> the funny thing that the KJR guy said when you were talking to him was, look, nine, nine wins was, was what Washington wanted to have, but that was for Steve Sarkeesian and setting up that program moving forward with Steve Sarkeesian still involved. He's, They're really. He's gone. Like, this is. He's gone to USC. So how important, 
How motivated is this Washington team? They're going to be good. They're talented. We know that. They are more more talented than BYU. They They are. They have three NFL guys on their team like that will play a lot in the NFL. Yeah. BYU is a good team, but uh, hardly ever is more talented than the the BCS teams they play. BYU executes better. They're better disciplined. They have better systems, and they make – uh, when they win, they make plays at the right time. Now, here's the deal. Washington is the sixth pick from the Pac-12 without its head coach. What if BYU can't beat that team? What does that say about BYU? I think BYU needs to win the game to prove that they're better than the sixth pick with no head coach from the Pac-12. You could argue that the Pac-12 has had maybe their best year ever. But isn't BYU? Do you, does BYU feel like it's better than Washington, the teams? I hope so. <laughs> we'll find Washington out. Washington only lost to really good teams. That's not the case for BYU. And Bronco Mendenhall brought that up. He said their four losses are to top 20 programs. And then he said right after that, BYU is not a top 20 program. So we're going to have to play our best game of the year. Crucial, crucial stuff. I love this game. Topic three. You say goodbye, I say hello. We're transitioning star power here on the BYU football program. Kyle Van Noy, his last game. Arguably the greatest defender to ever play at BYU. And seriously, you can make a legitimate argument for that. Cody Hoffman, statistically the greatest receiver to ever wear a BYU uniform. They're gone after this game. In come Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, who have become stars as the season has progressed. Saw flashes of brilliance from Jamal last year. Now he has really emerged. Taysom Hill obviously has welcomed the star power status. And now they hand off the baton. This is an interesting thing, and John Beck paid attention to that, saying that a win against Washington would set Taysom Hill up and Jamal Williams up for even bigger things on a national perspective next year. I mean, at the helm on the offensive side of the ball, you have a young quarterback in Taysom Hill, and behind him a young running back. Like, those two guys are back next year. What a great thing it would be for them to capitalize and have a great bowl win. And then they jump into their junior years not having that under their belt. I think it would be huge for them, for the program, and for everybody. So much attention paid to Van Noy and Hoffman. And I get it. Like, they, they're amazing players. But what about losing Ethan Manumaliuna, J.D. Falsliff, Spencer Hadley, and the defensive MVP in many people's minds this year? Set a record with tackles, Wani Unga. And Daniel Sorensen. I mean, and they- Daniel, that's right, Daniel Sorensen. I can't believe I forgot Danny. He, that guy's going to play probably in the league. He'll play, he'll play in the NFL, at least on special teams. Yeah, tonight is sort of the, the passing of the torch. You know, Van Noy and Hoffman, incredible careers, amazing. That they came back and uh, they probably had better, they had better junior years than they did seniors. But that's fine. BYU needed them to get to this point and to play this tougher schedule and to represent on a national level and to hopefully get drafted. Uh, Van Noy, for sure. Hoffman, hopefully has a good 40 time and combine and gets into that. We'll dig into that later, but... Yeah, tonight is kind of the end of an era for the Van Noy Hoffman era. And then, and then for Williams and Hill, I don't need more than they've done this year. If they, did the same, if they had the same exact season statistically the next two years, I'd be so happy. The difference is third down conversions and red zone execution would have given BYU another win or two. Or maybe three. Maybe uh, four. <laughs> we'll get to some amazing stats, but you bring up the red zone, Jerem. Do you know the percentage of the time that Washington scores touchdowns when they get inside the red zone? What is it? 75%. That's very good where Touchdown I come from. Touchdown ratio. You know what BYU is at? Under 50. 
49. Unacceptable. And there, therein lies the difference between a 10-win season and an 11-win season and where they are right now. It's not to say they can't gain some traction tonight. Up next, we dive inside your bold predictions for BYU in the fight. Hunger Bowl, I say Bishop Sankey will not run for over 100 yards against BYU. Jerem says, well, Jerem really hasn't said anything. I said BYU would score 24. Oh, that's right. You said BYU would score 24. That, uh, is, go, is that go, bold, I'll though? Go, I'll go 31 plus. Okay, that's 31 better. Plus. That's better. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we go live from San Francisco with a couple of special guests. Guys you may have heard of. Tom Homo, Blaine Fowler, they're on the way. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Did you leave BYU without a degree? We'd had a few years where where farming had been very difficult. My wife and I had decided that, you know, we were at an end with our farming career. That decision to sell the farm was really a turning point in my life. In church, there was a poster from the Bachelor of General Studies program, and we decided to enroll. I see that it has blessed me and the life of our family. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. This is Charlene Hawks with another BYU alumni life-changing moment. Kelsey Nixon always knew she wanted to host her own TV cooking show. After coming to BYU, it was two professors who surprised Kelsey with a kitchen set and an iProvo cable TV appearance and show. Heading into my freshman year at BYU, I knew two things, that I loved food and that I loved television. My professors at BYU inspired me to pursue those passions, and it made all the difference. They were extremely supportive of my crazy idea to create and host a cooking show and helped me bring this dream to life. I'm forever grateful to BYU for helping me get started. Kelsey went on to film 100 episodes and today is host of Kelsey's Essentials on the Cooking Channel. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu slash update. Remember when, remember why. BYU alumni connected for good. Inability to lose weight. Thyroid insufficiency caused by Hashimoto's disease plagues thousands. I'm Dr. Joshua Red. Our staff of chiropractic physicians at Red River Health and Wellness provides diagnosis and management for this condition. We customize treatment plans for each patient. Red River offices can also manage patient care from anywhere in the world. More info at lowthyroid101.com or 801-446-2822. 801-446-2822. And now, live on Sirius XM. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars. Bowl game ready for Washington in San Francisco tonight. Kickoff live on ESPN. We'll get you set for the game with Countdown to Kickoff and some 30-minute games. Jerem, tell us about it. Hey, 7 Eastern, we're going to show you the last three quick games from the fight, or sorry, from the uh, the last three bowl games from BYU, starting 2010 New Mexico Bowl, 2011 Armed Force Bowl, 2020, 2012, or 2020. We'll just show you the future bowl game <laughs> for BYU. 30-minute versions. Th- this is fun. If you haven't watched it, it's Snap to Tackle Edit. It goes really quick. Commercial-free, too. It's going to be fun. So that's at 7 Eastern. That leads you into a live countdown to kickoff at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Live from San Fran and Provo. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan on Twitter. Join the show's growing following at BYU Sports Nation. We want to know what your bold prediction is for BYU and Washington. We welcome in the first guest today on BYU Sports Nation, the one and only Blaine Fowler 
live from San Francisco. Blaine, what's going on, man? How's uh, San Francisco this time of year? Oh, it's beautiful. You know, you think of going to places for vacation in the summer, but I'm convinced that the best time of year to be in San Francisco is the wintertime because there's no fog and it's, it's just beautiful. It was in the mid to upper 60s yesterday, um, just sunny. We're expecting that same kind of weather today. So weather's not going to be a factor in this ball game. It's going to be beautiful. Bane, uh, Bane. <laughs> Bane, what? Hey, that's a, that's Bane. Okay. I've been called worse, Jeremy. I've been called worse. <laughs> Bane Feller is on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> what's, uh, what, what's your bold prediction for tonight? Bold prediction is is that BYU will have fixed their red zone touchdown efficiency problems, and uh, they'll, they'll end up winning this game by a touchdown because instead of a 49% clip like they've had all year long, meaning – when they get it inside the 20, they've only scored touchdowns 49% of the time. The, the red zone efficiency number that you see in the NCAA stats is a little misleading because you get credit no matter how you score. And BYU's spent too much time this year settling for field goals. I think that they're going to be more aggressive and that and we're going to find that that red zone uh, touchdown efficiency, percentage of touchdowns, is going to be more up around that 70 75% range maybe three out of four or four out of five times, and uh, and they'll end up winning by a touchdown. Former BYU quarterback, BYU TV analyst, and uh, now I guess we're just going to call him Bane. Thanks for that, Jerem Jordan. Bane Fowler. <laughs> Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, so much has been said about Bronco Mendenhall's approach to preparing for bowl games and giving his team a lot of time off, and we tabulated they'll have six full practices. He was not happy after the first two practices, clearly, and he told me about it. How much do you worry that BYU is not ready for this Washington team after the long layoff? I'm not that worried, actually, because I think there's a method to his madness. I think regardless of how they practiced in the first couple of days, I'm reflecting on the last couple of years. He always says they were awful in the first two practices. I think that's his way of getting their attention back. He's given them the time off to get their legs right, you know, make them feel good physically, to get their, their heads wanting to come back and play football so they come back with some passion. And then he tells them that they're just awful the first two practices to really get their attention. Um, I, do, I did notice we're talking with some of the guys last night that once they get here, they're very focused on what they're doing. He has something scheduled for them about on an every two-hour basis so that so they don't have very much time to be distracted. There's not much free time for them to see the city and do those things. It's, it's scheduled practices, meetings, walkthroughs from the time they get here and, until they go and play game time. Um, and I think that that keeps their minds right, and that's a formula that he's used, uh, an approach that he's used in bowl games in the past, and it's worked. So – I'm not going to question what he does with a, with a bull record that he has. Obviously, something's worked right. And, I, you know, the thing is, what we're going to see for sure this year, because I, I believe this is the best team, in my mind, as I look at them and break them down, this is the best bowl team BYU's played uh, in probably the last 10 years. And Spencer and I looked back at it and thought that the, this might be the best team BYU's played since 1996 in Kansas State. You could argue that Oregon State in 09. Uh, was uh, you know equal to or stronger, but yeah, this is a tremendous bowl game, and I and I want to ask you, Blaine, in the 2013 season, stacked with notable names, uh, BYU hoped that there were four or five ranked teams in there. There ended up being two, but where do you put Washington in terms of uh, toughest opponent this season? 
I think they're very similar to Notre Dame. That that's the team I think they're most like. Um, you know, they they've got a, a very strong running game. They got a quarterback. In fact, I think a quarterback. I think Keith Price is is, is much better um, than Tommy Reese at, in terms of his effectiveness. He's more explosive. Not in that he runs the football as part of the run game, but he's very elusive um, and buys extra time and then makes throws. He's a throw first guy. That has great feet, so I think that Keith Price is a more talented quarterback than Tommy Reese. Um, you Probably know, the most talented BYU faced all year. You think? Yeah, I think he's the best quarterback they will have played all year. And and at running back, I, I think Bishop Shanky is very similar to the what Wisconsin Badger running backs that we saw in that game. You know, they have, they have more than one. They have three NFL guys. We saw two of those guys. But I think he's very similar at tight end. They're better. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. At 6'6", 276, he reminds me of a huge version of Dennis Pitta. And he's, he's a touchdown machine down in the red zone with seven TDs. So, so I think from a, from a perspective of comparison, they're most similar to Notre Dame. They're not as good defensively as Wisconsin is. Wisconsin's a top-five type defense. Um, this Washington defense is a solid defense. But they're, you know, there may be a top-50 defense versus a top-five defense. So if I was going to compare them to somebody, they're not – quite as explosive as Houston offensively, but they're better defensively. I think they're very similar to Notre Dame with a better quarterback. And, and I thought BYU had a chance to win that Notre Dame game and just didn't you know, they move the football as expected, but they continued to stall when they got it down in, in scoring position and, and settled for field goals and missed field goals. And that's what they can't do here. If they will convert in the red zone touchdowns, I believe that'll be the difference in the game and they'll have a chance to win this thing. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst and former national championship quarterback at BYU, joining BYU Sports Nation, saying the key for a BYU win against Washington tonight in the Fight Hunger Bowl is red zone touchdowns. And you can't disagree with that when Washington's putting up 75% ratio and BYU's at 49. Great insight, Blaine. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about the uniqueness of this game with Two female officials and both teams being on the same sideline. It's at a baseball park. What are you looking forward to seeing most in this unique scenario for BYU? Yeah, I don't. I don't think the guys will even notice that there's two female officials in the game because you really, you know, football officials are unless they're making a bunch of calls, you don't even notice who they are. And so if they're doing a good job, and my understanding are these are two of the best in the game um, that that will see good calls and. With, with the hats that they have on, and you, you really don't even notice who's out there officiating as long as they're not terrible. And so I don't know that that will have an impact on the game. Um, having both teams on the same sideline will feel weird. And it'll feel weird to everybody. Feel weird to us watching the game in the stadium. Feel weird as you're watching it on TV. And to the players, it'll seem strange that they won't be right at midfield. They have to be down on one end. For the coaches, it's a little different view. And remember, Robert and I calls plays from the sideline. And so he's going to be, you know, he'll be down there watching from different angles than he's used to because he can't go past midfield all the way down and follow his team as they move down offensively. He's going to need to rely on his eyes upstairs to help him out with those things. So there's some nuances that make that unique. Um, and you've got big, huge grandstand on one side and then really not much at all on the other side. And so, so it'll, it'll feel a little bit strange. But my understanding is the game is close to a sellout now. That's what they're saying here. So it'll be a good crowd, and it'll, it'll be a raucous crowd. The other thing I notice is I'm looking at it in the one end zone. If you catch a touchdown and you're really going and you're stretching out for that thing, you're going to put the brakes on in a hurry. You're going to run into the wall. And I, you, want, you wonder if there will be a play where 
will well, that will come into play where somebody's worried about it, kind of like a an outfielder that finally feels the warning track and recognizes that he's close and drops a ball. We'll see if that comes into play in this game. The real question, Blaine, is are you and Dave at any point going to be in a kayak in the bay? In McCovey Cove. Waiting for a, a, <laughs> a, a punt. No, here's, the, here's where we will be, though. We're going to be positioned. Um, we'll, we'll come out of the clubhouse and we'll be right in the bullpen. That'll be a first for us. Will We've you have a mitt? A game. I, I think I will because I'm going to feel the urge to get on the mound and throw some balls to Dave. Did you but, grow a Brian Wilson beard? No, I did not do that because <laughs> I don't look good in a But here's what I was thinking, though. The, the good news is if there's a mound in that bullpen, then Dave could actually be as tall as I am. He can stand on the mound, and I can stand down below the mound. And he likes baseball. He'll probably have his Cubs hat on. A shot at Dave's yeah, eye. He, 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 is a, he is a Cubbies guy all the way. He's it's a National League showdown. Yep, he's going to. But we, we may warm up a little bit in the bullpen before we go on the air. Blaine Valor, BYU TV analyst on BYU Sports Nation. He's live in San Francisco getting ready for the Fight Hunger Bowl tonight at AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Okay, Blaine, you've been to San Francisco many, many times. What is the must-see site and must-have food in the Bay? Well, this morning we're going to go over to Honey Honey Crepery and have some crepes, which is great in the morning. Dave and I, when we're over here, we always do that. When we were here for the USF basketball game last year. We always make it a make it a tradition to go and have crepes for breakfast there. But I mean, to me, San Francisco is about great chocolate. And last night we took the whole crew, Dave and his family, and, and me and my family, and we went over to Ghirardelli Square, and we had a hot fudge sundae on a on a Ghirardelli cookie with Ghirardelli chocolate in it. And to me, that's what San Francisco is all about. It's about chocolate and ice cream. Well, Blaine, best of luck tonight. We'll see you on the pregame show, uh, 8.30 Eastern tonight on BYU TV. Have fun with Dave McCann. All right. We'll talk to you guys later tonight. Thanks, Blaine. See you, Blaine. Oh, Blaine. You need, you need to go easier on him, Jerem. The, the lightning round questions about Dave and their, well, their activities. I didn't. Even I was know. waiting for you to ask him if they were going to skip across the Golden Gate Bridge together. Yeah, well, I assume they're going to do that. Um, <laughs> you know what? Crepes are pancakes for women. <laughs> oh, I did. I like crepes. Man. Says the guy who downloaded a song from a prominent boy band in the UK. Yes, I did. I also uh, downloaded Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam. <laughs> I like crepes, too. But, see, crepes are funny because it's like, oh, I had like 12 crepes. That's equal to two pancakes. You know what I'm saying? You have a point there. You have a point there. And, I, and I'll say this. Austin Collie likes the same song that you like from that prominent boy band from the UK. Let's just say it. One Direction, Story of My Life. It's a good song. It's really, really doing it for me right now. So is Pearl Jam Sirens, which is recently released. <laughs> Confession Hour on BYU Sports Nation. What is your bold prediction for BYU in the fight, Hunger Bull? Tyler Holden on Facebook says BYU wins by 17+. plus. Also, Kyle Van Noy finishes the statistics he needs to record a defensive stat in every single category. Don't think that any Division One player has ever, ever done that. Okay, we do this every week. Uh, well, at least with football teams, for the most part. Uh, we've done it a few times with basketball teams, but it's a Friday tradition. On game day or before game day, we get to know the opponent and random bits of awesomeness about the city that they're from and about the university. So, cue the music, Ben. It's time to get to know the foe. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? 
Now, today it's me asking you. You didn't bring any questions for me, so I'll just ask you. I'm, I'm, I could come up with some off the top of my head. Whatever, man. Fine. Bring it on, dude. True or false, Washington claims to have started the wave. As in, like, what happens in the crowd? Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, 1981. They say they started it. Really? How do you know you started that? It's like, who discovered, who, who made pogs? Who's documenting who started the wave? True or false, the Huskies were once called the Mariners in the 20s. False. That's true. They were called the Stop Sun, it. They were called the Sun Dodgers. Stop it. You're such a baseball fan. From You're such a Mariners fan. to 22. Uh, true or false, the second loudest game in college football history happened at Washington in 1992 against Nebraska. In college football? Uh-huh. Why not? Let's keep with the Seattle thing. It's false. Theme. It's the loudest recorded game in college football history. 130 decibels. Oh, you tricky, tricky Jerem. Yeah. That's cheap shot, man. Which of, which of these wasn't invented at UW? Bubble gum, synthetic rubber, color TV tube, or a two-pronged power plug? Didn't Philo T. Farnsworth make the color that TV tube? Color, that wasn't color. That was oh, just okay. television. Okay. Um... Uh, what was the last one you gave me? The prong? Two-prong power plug. Two-prong power yeah, plug. Yeah, that's it. You yeah! got it. After, Winner! How about this is just a fact. After seeing spooning on campus in 1929, <laughs> Washington <laughs> President Matthew Lyle Spencer banned kissing on campus. <laughs> he saw spooning. He saw spooning, so he banned kissing. <laughs> What's the area code? In Seattle? Now, Aren't there like a, a billion? The tradi- Well, like the... Old school, back when you just had one for the big area. Uh, what is it? Starts with the two. 285. 206. Oh! What's 285? 285 is something. I don't prominent. know. Uh, ma- mascot names. What are they? The Huskies. <laughs> no, like Cosmo. <laughs> I don't. Harry the Husky and Dubs. And don't forget, Detlef Shrimp went there. That, That's all that, you need to know. That wraps up Know the Foe. Love the music. Love the game. And the, I, I don't know. I think it was like three for seven. We welcome in the second guest to BYU Sports Nation live from San Francisco. We just heard from Blaine Fowler, and now we're pleased to welcome the athletic director of the BYU Cougars, three-time Super Bowl champion. Oh, by the way, with the San Francisco 49ers, Tom Homo. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Great. Good morning, folks. Great that the day has finally arrived. It's ready to play some ball. We were just talking about that. Twenty-seven days of waiting, and now here we are, BYU and Washington. Why do you like this matchup so much for BYU, Tom? Well, we played in Washington in the past, and uh, the game up in Seattle was a tight game, and we won it on kind of a fluky penalty and a field goal block and all kinds of crazy things. But uh, we got after them pretty good here in, in, in Provo last time, and I think that they have been getting better and better. They had a lull in their program for a few years, and now they're on the upswing, and I think that, it's a really good matchup for us. It means a lot for us in going forward. Uh, this is an important game to be able to not only finish off strong for this year's team and this year's seniors, but in moving forward with our program. And that's going to mean a lot after this game. Tom, uh, th- this game's different uh, from the past couple of years in that it's against a BCS opponent uh, akin to the Vegas Bowl, although it feels like Washington is uh, better than most of the opponents BYU played in the Vegas Bowl. Is this something we can expect from BYU, that BYU will try and play BCS uh, teams in bowl games going forward? Well, it would be something that we would prefer, but sometimes it's just a matter of getting into the bowl and the location uh, the best we can. One of the situations with bowl games now 
with the new cycle is that a lot of the BCS conferences have tied up their slots or their associations with other BCS conferences and games. So there aren't very many BCS conferences that have bowl alliances with non-BCS or, in our case, an independent team. Uh, they don't see it that way. They prefer to wrap up and tie up and have long-term agreements. So it just depends on what games we can get into and what are available. So is the emphasis for you to get BYU in a uh, notable bowl in a notable place and then hope that the opponent is good? Well, I'd, I, you'd like to have the best of both worlds, but not being in a BCS conference, it's difficult to do that. Tom uh, Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tom, I know a lot of the guys got to see an NFL football game for the first time, and what a way to go out. San Francisco in their grand finale at the stick. Uh, they win in dramatic fashion over their rival, the Atlanta Falcons. Tell us about the experience that BYU had watching your 49ers take care of business in their final game at the stick. Well, I think a lot of the boys were out running around doing other things, and uh, some of the guys were able to somehow find a, w- a way to get into the game. But <laughs> I think most people watched on TV, and if you were in, the San, in San Francisco, in the city, it's kind of an interesting thing that people don't realize that there's thousands of people in the city that get dressed up for the game wearing their uniforms and hats and logos and everything, and they're not even at the game. They're just in the city, and they're going to watch it you know, somewhere at a restaurant or somewhere. And I think our, our, our players saw that and thought, whoa, these people are a little bit crazy. But it, it means a lot to the fans of the city to be able to support this team, and Candlestick has meant a lot, just like Keysar Stadium, which was in the city years ago. And uh, I think it's a good thing for the 49 organization to go to a new beautiful stadium that's it's going to be it's going to propel i think the the organization even further so it's a good thing but uh uh, hard to look back and think that uh candlestick will be closed down byu athletic director tom homel is on byu sports nation tom uh when you look at byu season eight and four could get nine after tonight uh how would you assess this season after uh bring in a, an entirely new offensive staff? I think it, it was a, a really good season for us. When, when we put the schedule together, Bronco and I did this a couple of years ago and finalized it you know, just last year. It, there was a time when I literally was counting to see if we could get to six wins, not knowing how we would transition through some of the changes from last year. But to start off the season with a bad loss against Virginia and then – kind of stumble against Utah it it wasn't a great start but the team needed to be able to find themselves and get that chemistry offensively especially and they did that Texas win was huge and uh, then we had a couple other big wins down the road I think the Georgia Tech Boise win were great Houston was a big win and so those wins started to come and you could see that the team was transforming and that was important to me and and when I saw that, I realized that the future was bright. Uh, I figured we might stumble. We had two big games against Notre Dame and Wisconsin on the road and, and figured that those would be games that we could win, but they would be tough to win. And they pretty much turned out to be tough games where we uh, just didn't complete the game like we wanted to, and they were good enough to, to win at home. So it, when all is said and done, I, I thought that it was a, a good season, 
where we had some big wins. To get to eight wins on that schedule was fantastic. And if we can get nine, it would be better than I imagined. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tom, from what you can tell and in your conversations with the Washington folks, what's the atmosphere like with the coaching change and and all of the the madness uh, that the Huskies are dealing with right now heading into this game? Well, I think the folks at University of Washington are very professional, and this is always a difficult time of the year when changes take place and the domino effect um, has hit Washington and you have coaches on their staff that are leaving and coaches that are staying and coaches that won't be retained and won't have jobs. So it's a, it's a very tough time for, uh, for a coach who has a family. This is their career. This is their job. And they're unsure. But I, I've talked to uh, Marcus Tuasasopo, who's the uh, interim coach, is a friend of our family. His father and I, Manu Tuasasopo, were teammates with the 49ers. So I remember Marcus as a little bitty boy. And he's he's handled it very well. I, this is I'm always proud of the the members of this uh, fraternity. I guess you could say that when you get in a tough situation like this, and they really they just do what's best for the kids. So I'm proud of the way Washington's handled it, and they know uh, the the university knows that the future with Chris Peterson is going to be huge, and I think that that is moving forward. But there are individual people that are struggling through this right now, and. I think that my feeling to answer your question is that the players will rally behind this staff and this team. They don't want to, they, they realize the seniors realize that it was a, an eight and four team that is going into a game. And, and now they get kind of turned upside down with their staff and that's not easy. So I think they've done a good job. They will come to fight in the battle and to win one for the Gipper. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homel is on BYU Sports Nation. With Chris Peterson going to Washington, is the Boise State uh, series still as stands? Nothing's changed? Oh, yeah. That's a contract that was between schools, not coaches. And uh, I think that being a regional rivalry that uh, Gene Blameyer and I put it into action, Bronco and Chris Peterson were very good friends. So I think the partners or the players, so to speak, in that association – may change, but uh, the, the game's going to remain. And I, I think Boise will continue to, to be strong, and it'll be a good, good regional rivalry for us in the future. With Washington also being regional and Chris Peterson being there, is there interest in trying to renew some kind of series with Washington in the future? You know, it's tough with the, the Pac-12. As you've seen, we've been able to get a few games, but they're, they're tricky. They have real particular timing, some exact points in the season that help the Pac-12 out to balance out their Notre Dame alliance, so to speak, that they have with Stanford and Notre Dame. And But uh, it's very t- difficult, as you can see, with that how we've worked with Utah to try to get games like that. So I would uh, say that there wouldn't be a long-term you know, series for sure. But uh, maybe in the future we'd have another home-and-home, home, maybe in the next 10 years. Tom Homo, Athletic Director of BYU on BYU Sports Nation. Tom, from uh, thinking outside of the box, besides just winning a football game, what does a win in a bowl game do for an entire athletic department? Well, I think it's a, it's a, a leap into the future. I think people, it leaves all the fans thinking that was a great way to finish off the season. The players that are coming back, um, their, their dreams and goals for the future 
are bigger and wider. And, and the, you have to look at the, the opposite side, too, that in every bowl game this year there's a losing team. And you don't want to be on that side. It makes it harder. You know, our, I think our future is bright. But the just winning this game does so much more. Uh, I think a, a loss in any bowl game means that you have to kind of gather yourselves and, and, and you move forward with not quite as much momentum as you did without a, with a win in the bowl game. Well, Tom, uh, we appreciate the time. I knew you were a smart guy before you scheduled this bowl game, but for you to schedule this to be able to go to Candlestick's last home game for the Niners is Brilliant. just genius. Brilliant. And I give you all the credit in the world. <laughs> now, you, you guys you guys are tongue-in-cheek because you, you didn't hear that there was a bowl function that night that I had to attend. So oh, I was not, oh, no. No, are you serious? I was not at the game. But <laughs> my, my boys, I have two boys that are uh, 27 and 25. I saw Danny's Instagram. They weren't. They would never went to a game at Candlestick. They'd never been to an NFL game, so it was uh, kind of a special game for their first NFL game, their first 49er game. And although they have all the uh, memorabilia and all the the 49er gear, <laughs> they got to put it on live and go and see it. And so it was special for my family to be able to have them witness that. And I got to bump into couple of the pros and Mr. DeBartolo, our owner. So uh, it was well worth my time in the city to be able to see some of my teammates and owners. So fantastic time. Three-time Super Bowl champion and BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, Tom. We're looking forward right. to the game tonight. Go Cougars. Let's go get one today, boys. You Thanks, got Tom. it. What is your bold prediction for BYU in the fight? Hunger Bowl, BYU Sports Nation. We go. Uh, actually, we're going we're gonna to come back to Twitter after the break and uh, digest that interview with Tom Homo. Great stuff from the BYU Athletic Director and also Blaine Fowler joining us during that segment. This is a bowl game edition of BYU Sports Nation, and we continue next after the break. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. So you've decided to get prepared. You're not sure that that case of ramen and a couple of granola bars under your bed will cut it as long-term food storage anymore. At Emergency Essentials, we have the resources you need to get you started. From three-day emergency bug-out bags to water barrels and year supplies of food and more. Learn more by calling Emergency Essentials at 800-999-1863 or online at BePrepared.com. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Curiosity reigns supreme on the Kim Power Stilson Show. But I don't think people ought to be afraid of, of eat, trying something new just because of one person's experience. Kim's drive to understand new people and new ways of thinking brings out fascinating details from her broad selection of guests. I want to learn more about it, so I hope you'll tell us more. The Kim Power Stilson Show, weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Series XM 143, BYU Radio. Talk about good. BYU alumni, Ron and Lynette Bybee. So me and some recently returned missionary buddies arrive at the dance at the Wilkinson Center. Through the crowd, I see this beautiful brunette smiling at me. The next week, I go to the library, fall asleep, and wake up to see her across the way smiling at me again. I don't even remember that one. The following week, I get this valentine. I bring it to her at the library. I drop it in front of her without saying a word. It said, really appreciate your smile. I called home immediately. So I eventually take her on a date to a fireside at the Smithfield House. At the end of the date, while walking down the hill back to her apartment, I said, 
He said, "Eternity's a long time, isn't it?" <laughs> Chances are, the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu/update. Remember when? Remember why? BYU alumni connected for good. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. It is bowl game Friday for the BYU Cougars taking on the Washington Huskies. Let's whip it. It's time for It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. BYU begins conference play tomorrow at Loyola Marymount at 4 Eastern on Time Warner, Root Sports, and BYU Radio. Men's Volleyball. The third-ranked Cougars host the first of two exhibition matches in preparation for the 2014 season. Tonight, 7 p.m. Mountain in the Smithfield House against Winnipeg, not the Blue Bombers. Women's Basketball. And the Cougars also start conference play tomorrow against LMU. Watch the 10-1 BYU Cougars live with Spencer Linton on the call at 4 Eastern tomorrow on BYU TV. What's your bold prediction for BYU and Washington? Let's hit up Twitter. You've got tweets. <laughs> Gets me every time. And we go to at Laser Sheep. I get so worried that I, I puke sparkling apple cider that tickles my nose. Jamal Williams with a receiving TD. Was that a bold TD prediction that, that would happen? Rush, and a rushing TD. Jamal Williams with a receiving TD and a rushing TD. That was way more than I wanted to know about level of excitement. At Cougar Den 1, depends on what team shows up, the team that beat Texas and Boise State or the loss to Notre Dame. At Chris Ten Montierth, Adam Hine finally takes one to the house on a kickoff return without getting it called back. I will laugh slash cry so hard if Adam Hina has a great kick return and there's a flag. Oh, my goodness. At Matt Hume 22, Taysom throws for four TDs and runs for two. Boom! I said it. Wow, that, that would be that'd be a Houston-type performance. Yeah, which is one of the legendary performances in NCAA history. A 400 pass, 100 rush. Only many, happened seven how times. How many touchdowns did he count for in that game? Was it six? Was it that many? Five or six. I will look it up. I cannot remember. They are calling for a Houston-type performance from Taysom Hill against Washington in the bowl game after a layoff. Wow, that is bold. I like it. Have you heard what uh, BYU gets as bowl gifts? The the swag factor, dude? Yeah. It's uh, not not a bad take-home this year. How about a fossil watch, a Nike fuel band? What is a Nike fuel band? Just awesome because it has fuel in the name. (laughs) Watches, Watches somehow need nourishment now. They need fuel. (laughs) <laughs> a wireless portable speaker system, Nike backpack, and a cap. That's nice. Not a bad take home. That's really nice. Is but, there like rules on how much they can give out? Yeah. Is there a price range now? Is the NCAA oh, I'm trying monitoring? To, I'm trying that? to remember. It's like four fifty, five fifty of of gifts, something who, like that. Who gets the rise and shout? But the SEC gets a thousand. I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with Cody Hoffman and Kyle Van Noy. This is this is the last hurrah for those guys. The swan song. Uh, so hopefully they have a they go out with a bang. Cody Hoffman in bowl games is really good. In, in three bowl games, he has twenty six catches, three seventy three, and six TDs. That's an average per game of nine catches, one hundred twenty four yards, and two touchdowns. That would be quite the performance tonight. Watching the quick game, I forgot how awesome he was against UTEP. Dominated them in the New Mexico One of the bowl. touchdowns he dropped, they reviewed, and it was not good, but they said it was. So they got counts. away with one. Whatever. It counts. 
But he was, yeah, he had three touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving in that game. And then San Diego State, San Diego State was the worst bowl game he had, but he was still effective in the game with James Lark and Riley Nelson at the helm. Some other notes of awesomeness to watch for tonight. And we're talking statistics right here. BYU bowl records that could fall, that may just fall. The bowl game rushing record is 120 yards by Curtis Brown against Oregon in the Las Vegas Bowl in 2006. Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill could both break that tonight. That would be a huge game. But one of them could very likely become the new bowl game record holder with rushing yards. If BYU gets a guy over a hundred, I think BYU is going to win. Because BYU's got to be able to run the ball. If they're, if they're forced into a passing situation like the Utah game, it's, I don't think it's good for BYU. Okay. Uh, what's more likely to happen? That somebody rushes for over 120 yards and breaks Curtis Brown's record, or there is a longer scoring run from scrimmage than current, the current 29-yard scoring touchdown run from Jamal Willis against Kansas in 1992, which means someone's got to run for a touchdown of 30 yards or more. I'll go with the go over 100. Washington's secondary, by the way, is really strong. They have, some, they have an NFL prospect in there. They have three seniors. The rush defense is not as good. And that is BYU's strength, is its rush offense. So can BYU run the ball tonight? That's, uh, run the ball and stop the run. Pretty simple. Sticking by your ball prediction, BYU goes 30-plus? 31. 31-plus. 31 31-plus. 31 plus. If they, if they score 31 points, they're going to win the game. They will win the game. In every game, BYU scored more than 18. They've won this year. There you have 18 it. 18 or more. Seriously. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot, Jerem Jordan. Hey, it's good to have you back, man. I missed you over the holidays. It's good to be back. It's fun to have a game day. BYU football, the 2013 season finale tonight. Make well, sure to watch Countdown to kick off in the quick games. That starts at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. Huge thanks to our guests today, Tom Holmo and Blaine Fowler, both live in San Francisco, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Shaline, and Production Assistant Matt Hume. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links on demand and much more. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand anytime at byuradio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to a holiday bowl special edition of BYU Sports Nation Football Matters. (laughs) 